Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share the journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so thankful and excited that you're back for another episode. If you're new to One of a Kind You, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited and thankful that you decided to stop by and take a listen. So for all my new listeners, the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago, and then I reflect on what I was going through then with what I know now and how I could have eased the struggle. So I am just going to get started, and this entry is from February 12th. 2016 and I write yesterday was busy with errands taking Lily to school I was fine all day until Pete's text at five o'clock to tell me he was working later than planned it simply pushed me over the edge I'm tired of going it alone all the time I'm tired of feeling lonely and like a last priority I'm tired of feeling unappreciated and taken for granted it just gets old living the same existence from day to day without having anyone to turn to I don't feel like I can count on Pete for anything, pretty much ever. It just sucks. I don't have a support system or any help. At work, Pete can say, hey, so-and-so, can you help me with this or take care of this? I don't have that luxury. It is draining on all levels. In fact, I feel like an empty shell wandering through life because I am so drained and exhausted. I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of feeling like all of the joy in my life has been sucked out. I'm tired of being resentful, angry, and bitter. I want to feel complete, joyful, happy, and peaceful. I want to feel capable and confident and worthy. It's hard to feel these things or even work to feel these things because I'm so depleted. Last night took a toll on me and I feel so weighted down with a heaviness in my heart. I've just gone through the motions today. I should be enjoying the time with the girls and I haven't. That saddens me. I have to do something to get back on track today, but also to get my life back on track. I don't want to continue living like this. The first thing I want to say is that Um, it kind of saddens me now to read how desperate and lost I felt at this time in life. Um, It saddens me to feel like my life was off track, but I know because honestly it really wasn't. You know, I had a husband who worked hard. We were financially secure enough for me to be home with the kids we had, you know, some extra money to start doing things on the house that we had at that time to make it what we wanted. Um, we had a dog, we had two dogs and a cat, you know, I, I had so much in life. And so, um, the fact that I felt like I had nothing really saddens me and I know where the root of that belief came from. So uh, for new listeners, I was in therapy at this time and we, the focus was on being codependent. It was on being an anxious person and it was on, um, suffering from childhood emotional neglect. And for all my, my regular listeners, you already know this backstory, but what I realize now is that going through therapy and just focusing each week on those labels and those situations or circumstances in my life prior to where I am now um, really was not serving in any way shape or form because it exacerbated the feelings of feeling like a failure since I left my teaching career at only six years and so it 
it felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders because I was so focused on the childhood emotional neglect in itself. Like, how could my parents do that to me? How could they be so selfish? How could they not see what they were doing? I just don't understand. But the reality is, is that my parents were going through their own issues and navigating life, navigating life the best that they could. And so, um, unfortunately, I was caught, I'll say, in the crossfire. I was stuck in the middle of it all. And so for a long time at at this time in life, I felt like my parents didn't love me because if they loved me, how could they do this to me? Now I see that my parents love me. They don't necessarily always show their love in a way that I expect them to or feel that they should. Not so much now because I, I've done the, the inner work around the childhood emotional neglect and all of those things. But if I reflect back on life and I can say, oh yeah, it's, you know, I know my parents love me. They did when I was growing up. They just didn't show it the way that would have been best serving for me at that time. And that goes along with personal responsibility. So I was taking personal responsibility for the, for the experiences that I was having because I felt awful leaving my teaching career. I felt like a failure leaving my teaching career. And I just, something was missing inside of me. And I was having really sad thoughts and really defeated thoughts then back in 2014 when I left my teaching career and I went to therapy thinking like okay I am having an identity crisis because I identify as a teacher and now I'm not a teacher so I just need to navigate that never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that it was going to turn out to be a focus on codependency anxiety childhood emotional neglect and with that being said each week I would go to therapy and I'm not knocking therapy because I have a friend who is a therapist and therapy can be very beneficial. I just think the therapist that I had was not a good match for me. Um, but each week it was just okay. So I would tell her, oh, you know, Pete, he didn't text me until five o'clock to tell me that he was working late. And that infuriates me because he knew long before five o'clock that he was working late and he could have given me more notice. And then we just talked about that. But there were no tools or strategies. And even if there was, they weren't going to align with the person who felt like life was off track, who felt weighted down, who felt lonely, who felt like an empty shell. It didn't matter what the strategies were that she gave because the strategies she gave weren't always helpful with the imaginary Pam spray and the imaginary scissors. And, you know, she would often say to me, get off of the crazy train, Pam, and tell Pete what you need. And I would try, but the problem was I didn't even necessarily know what I needed because here's the reality of it. He could have sent me that text at three o'clock. He could have sent me that text at noon to say, hey, I'm working later than I planned to tonight. And I still would have felt like I had been pushed over the edge because that would have given me five hours, three hours, eight hours to think about him not being home to help me with the girls at the end of the day with dinner, bath, and bedtime. And I would have still felt like I had been pushed over the edge. So that was the first piece. Yes, I could tell Pete what I needed. And that is beyond my control, whether he can deliver that to me or not. So to communicate to him what I need, great. We need to have that open line of communication. He needs to understand how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I need, and vice versa. I need to have that same information from him. But poor Pete was so overwhelmed with his job at that time that he was having a hard time putting his own boundaries into place with work and communicating to me what he needed. 
And I just, at that point in time, I just thought that he valued work more than us. But now looking back, that's just not the case. You know, he was, his job is a very high pressure job and a very high stress job. And he was just navigating the best that he could. And I was not navigating in a very good way, but I was trying my best. And so that's, so it was on some level a miscommunication, but it was also me having this expectation that Pete was going to manage the way that I felt. If I had Pete there, then I would feel okay. I wouldn't feel like an empty shell. I would feel like I had a support system. But now what I realize is that having Pete's support is an added bonus. I have to support me first because that is what is within my control. And I didn't put those things into place to support myself. So I had the girls in way too many after school activities. I did not have a very good schedule in terms of a routine for myself in the morning, taking care of myself before Casey got up. Partly my little Casey is a very early riser and I am not. So I would have had to get up extra early before her. And I could have said to Casey, okay, Casey, from 8 to 8.30, I'm going to set the timer and this is where you watch TV or you play quietly in the playroom while I sit here and I do my journaling and I do my meditation. When the timer goes off, then we can start our day together. But I didn't do that. I felt like the minute that my kids woke up, that was the minute that I was on the clock and I was on the clock in every way, shape and form until my kids went to bed. I did not make priority time for me throughout the day. Because then when I got Casey down for a nap, if she napped, then it was, oh my gosh, I have to do the dishes, I have to do the laundry, I have to do the cleaning, I have to do whatever. And at this time, I was studying to be a dog obedience trainer. So I was also doing classwork, attempting to do my classwork when Casey was napping. And so, um, you know, I just had so much on my plate and didn't know how to manage that in a way that was effective for me. And that's because I looked to other people to tell me how to manage things. I looked to other people for what a good mom looked like, sounded like, felt like. And I actually was a really good mom to my kids. I just didn't feel like it at that time because I felt like I didn't measure up in comparison to others, in comparison to what other people wanted me to do or the expectations that other people had of me. You know, I felt like a loser because often more times than not my dad would say you're wasting your college degrees when are you getting back into the classroom when are you going to start you know earning income to, to contribute to the finances so pete's not carrying the weight of of the financial responsibility on his shoulders my mom and you know my dad didn't mean it rudely or disrespectfully it was more of just i think from a place of curiosity but i took that so personally to the depths of my being And my mom would often ask me, you guys can afford just on Pete's salary alone? You guys aren't struggling financially? When are, do you need to go back to work? When are you thinking about going back to work? And they didn't know where we were financially. And so I, I, you know, they were just concerned. But when that conversation from either parent came up, I took that to mean that I wasn't doing a good job. I wasn't enough because I wasn't taking care of the girls and the house and the dogs and contributing financially. And on some level I was because when I was teaching, my salary basically paid for the girls' daycare, but I didn't see it like that at the time, you know, and, and teaching. I mean, teachers don't make that much financially, but I, at this point, had been teaching for five years. I had my master's degree, so I was starting to make my way up the pay scale. 
Um, so it gave us a little, I'll say, quote unquote, fun money, but it really wasn't fun money. It went into fixing up our house. So, oh, and I was also teaching college courses at this time. So there was so much that I had on my plate and I just couldn't manage it all. And because I was sinking in the weight of the responsibility, I took that to mean that I wasn't a good wife and a good mom. But I really actually wasn't an empty shell of a person. Um, the one part of the journal entry that I didn't read to you because it really wasn't relative to me being pushed over the edge was that I had gone to do an angel reading class with a girlfriend and we had a great time and my grandfather came through and she had family members come through. So I was on some level trying to give myself that time to explore new interests, spend time with friends, get out of the house and give myself a break from just the, you know, the day to day responsibilities of life. So I, you know, and when Pete and I were home together, we had a great relationship. We had fun. We laughed. We had a great time with the girls, just playing with them in the backyard, going to the local orchard or the local farm to pick cherries or blueberries or the pumpkin patch in the fall. So I really wasn't an empty shell of a person. It was just the day to day grind that made me feel as such because it just felt monotonous and I felt like I was doing it alone. And on some levels I was because I didn't have a nanny. I didn't have um, someone to help me. I did have a cleaning lady, so it's not even like I had to do all the cleaning. Um, she does the weekly vacuuming and the cleaning of the toilets and, you know, dusting. I had to do the other cleaning, but that just that other cleaning in tops of, of all of this made life feel so just too much. And so the biggest takeaway from this is that, yes, it's nice to have support from others and support yourself first. And if you're not really sure how to do that and you feel like you need some guidance or you want some help, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can um, hit me in the DM on Facebook, Instagram. You can shoot me an email. Um, and I'd be happy to tap on the phone or a Zoom and chat with you to give you some direction. But the biggest thing, too, is that the belief that I had around myself is what was the driving force behind all of this. I didn't see all that I had accomplished I didn't see where I had been in 1998 to 2003 in comparison to where I was now at in 2016. I didn't see that. I just saw and felt the defeat in the moment. But if I had stopped to look, I would have been like, holy cow, Kim. My new saying lately is holy cannoli. I'm like, holy cannoli, Kim, you have come so far and you're not an empty shell of a person and you're so successful not just professionally but personally too because you've overcome so much already so I'm probably going to do a podcast episode here soon with um, more of my journey and what I went through with the high school boyfriend and where that led me to in 2003 yeah 2003 98 to 2003 and then um, the journey of of that so um, but yeah, so it was just like these core beliefs that were the driving force really behind all the misery. And what I was doing is I had these core beliefs of I'm a failure. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not trustworthy. I'm not capable. Um, I'm a bad person. I'm this, I'm at all the core beliefs that were not serving. And I was using all of the things that I was experiencing in this moment of being pushed over the edge to confirm those unhealthy and limiting core beliefs. 
And because I was finding all this evidence to support that, it really just perpetuated the true feeling that I had of being an empty shell of a person and being lonely and defeated. When if I had looked at the core beliefs of myself that were serving, this would have been nothing. This would have been like, oh, it's a glitch. It's a blip in the radar. No big deal, Kim. You can get through this. You can overcome this. It's one day. It's a year. It's a month. But you've been through worse. And you know that you are none of the things that you think you are that are negative. You're the things that you think you are that po are positive. And so had I just had a different perspective of myself, first and foremost, and then secondly, my support system and my relationship with Pete and his job, this would have been a whole different story. And I can also share where I am now and how I navigate it because in full transparency, prior to the pandemic, his work schedule hadn't changed much. And now in the pandemic, his work schedule hasn't changed much, just that he's primarily working from our home office. But there are nights where he is in that office until 11 o'clock and I fall asleep on the couch waiting for him. And so, and it's during the day too, you know, the kids get up, he's in our home office with the door closed. We see him for maybe 15, 20 minutes, if that at lunch, and then he's back in the office. We don't see here or anything from him until dinner time. He comes out, he eats dinner, and then it's back in the office he goes. And he usually doesn't say that he's going back into the office. I realize that he's not around because I can't find him. And then I look and the office door is closed. So things haven't really changed. It's just that I can navigate it now better. And I, I have a whole different meaning around his work schedule and my responsibility as a mom and my success level as a mom, but also my success level as an individual person. So I'm going to do some more sharing around those things too. So lots of podcasts still in the pipeline. So um, please stay tuned. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend that, feel, that you feel might benefit from listening. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I know everyone's schedules are busy, especially now with summer and having kids home. So I'm just so grateful and appreciative that you chose my podcast and the time to listen to it. And I hope that you will join me next week. Thanks so much and have a great day.